Hey everybody, it is April 6th, or thereabout, depending on when you're getting to this, and we are the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel, and with me as always is... Hey guys, it's Jason. How's it going today? It's going well, Jason. I had the day it off is. work. That feels good. That does feel good. Yeah, I did not have the day off, but still a good day. Uh, these up top parts of these segments that we do, I feel like we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have zany banter <laughs> at the top here. <laughs> yeah. It is a little, uh, yeah, 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 it is. It does feel like that. It, yeah, I, I, uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, if you guys have some suggestions for Zany Banter, like, it would take the pressure <laughs> off us a lot. It really would. Agreed. No, but really, though, <laughs> this isn't Zany Banter, but this is just you guys being awesome. I looked at our iTunes. We have a bunch of five-star ratings. People didn't leave comments yet, but they've left ratings that are five-star. Really? Like a ton. That's awesome. Like a lot of them. And then um, we've got a few five-star ratings on Facebook. We keep growing there. So pretty awesome, guys. Uh, pretty happy about our growth. It's uh, been really solid. Um, so t- keep telling people, though. Keep keep posting us on your wall if you would like to do that. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play or wherever you get podcasts. And leave and – leave, uh, ratings because that really does help us with like the search engine optimization and things like that so um we don't do this just because we want to get a ton of listens but if we do get a ton of listens like we'd have way more credibility with board game companies and then we get better interviews and you guys might like our show better yet so it's a (laughs) win-win really so anyway that's uh that's that's that guys so yeah anyway zany enough for i think the top here (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. We don't want to get too zany. We might make some heads explode or something. All right, Jason. Hey, I have I have one thing in news I want to talk about, but uh, go ahead. You've got some really good stuff here. All right. So um, first thing I want to talk about is it looks like Katie and Kim are going to be doing another video this week. Um, actually, by the time you listen to this, they'll probably either be recording or it'll be recorded and posted, and they're going to do a... Rules and tools for Dinosaur Island. Since it's on Kickstarter, we figured we should jump on that train and, you know, get some action so we can get some more hits on our YouTube channel and all that. So look forward to that. It'll be a great video because they do good work. I, I'm i really hoping that my wife listens to this podcast. So we have a like date night this weekend. Um, I'm going to slightly put this on and just remind her that there's only like 12 <laughs> days left in the uh, Dinosaur Island Kickstarter Put on some sexy music in the background of the Board Game Mechanics podcast. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, it, listen, if that happens, it's because I edited it for my own specific <laughs> purposes. Hey, you do what you got to do, man, to get some Dinosaur Island in your life. Some baby face <laughs> in the background on this. Oh, okay, so, uh, and derailed. Uh, okay, so the first, uh, well, I guess the next piece of news is there's a game coming on Kickstarter that I actually got to play with the designer at Origins, and it's called The Gates of Rulier. I don't know how to say that. It's Cthulhu word. Um, <laughs> it's it's by DPH Games, and it's a social deduction type game, sort of like Secret Hitler, but instead of being liberals and fascists, you're all um, investigators trying to not go mad from Cthulhu. And you're trying to figure out who is a cultist and who's an investigator. And the investigators need to do a certain amount of things before the cultists can do their things. And So it's essentially a rethemed version of Secret Hitler with a few different mechanisms. It's a cool game, and I liked it. And I'm not probably not going to back it, but it is interesting for sure. If you didn't own Secret Hitler already, would you back it? I may, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And it only took like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It was fun. We all had a blast. And yeah, I, I liked it. Cool. I found my print-and-play copy of Secret Hitler. It was inside of another game. <laughs> nice. That made me happy. Yeah. I'm, But really, it made me happy because I'm going to print off the uh, Secret Palpatine retheming so I can play it with kids at school and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll use the same sleeves and stuff. And, right. And I'll also have liberals and Nazis, and the kids will be confused about why Palpatine's <laughs> a Nazi, but... Whatever. I mean, they'll have to pay more attention in history class, I guess. I don't know. Right. They they, they missed that chapter. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, one thing that's actually a piece of news that 
is personal to me. Well, not personal <laughs> to me, but it affects me is asthma day kind of stuck a knife in me today. And I had council of four on pre-order since September and it was thirty four ninety nine. I was like, oh, this is a sweet deal. And I thought, man, that's asthma day. What a deal. Then I get an email today saying that due to the MAPP pricing deal that the price changed to fifty ninety nine, and they're canceling all pre-orders. And you, if you wanted the game, you had to rebuy it at the $50.99 level. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> this is what yeah. happens when there's not enough competition. This kind of stuff just happens. It's yeah, that's pretty unfortunate, man. What did they give any reasons why other than their pricing model? I mean, no, that's legitimately all the email said. It said we're canceling your order due to advertising the price at a lower than allowable MAPP price. If you wanted to rebuy the game, then you could buy it at the new price that's on the website. So where did you buy it from? Did you you cool. didn't buy it directly from them then? No, it was at Cool Stuff. So cool stuff canceled it or asthma day told you that you, they had to cancel it. Like, how does this cool. all work out? I think cool stuff canceled it because asthma day told them that they were selling it at too much of a discount or something. Huh? So the retail price is fifty nine ninety nine, and then they're selling it for fifty ninety nine, or what? Like, how does this all work out now? I don't know. The it, on pre order when I went to look at it, it said it was fifty dollars and ninety nine cents if I wanted to buy that game. See, here's the thing I don't get either. Like Winter Tales is a FFG game, and it was sixty bucks for a long time, or fifty bucks, one of the two. And right, right now, there's like a hundred copies of it available on Miniature Market at nine bucks a piece. Like big advertising yeah, for it. So I saw that. I like I don't get. Maybe once things are turds, they can sell them for cheaper. I don't know. Like, and if that's the case, then we need to start a coalition of gamers that say, "Don't buy anything for six months, and then like once it's like nine dollars, go buy it." I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean. That sounds terrible. And I mean, I want the Council of Four game, but it's essentially just a route building game. I'm not going to pay $50 for a route building game that's a little more advanced than Ticket to Ride. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. No matter how much I like those designers, I just can't do it. I, I don't blame you. Um, and like I would be – we're going to talk later about a game that I don't own because I was scorned by it a little bit. And this reminds me a little like of my feelings on that. Like this could be a perfectly great game, like the game that I'm going to talk about later, but just because right. you got kind of burnt by it, like you have bad memories and feelings about it. So it's like, whatever, I'm done with that, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's not I've even like, happen. I, yeah, it's not even like I can avoid asthma day either because they're everywhere, which kind of bites, but I know they own so much. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to buy Kickstarter, and that's going to be a big problem then. <laughs> yeah, that, that every Kickstarter is going to be fifty ninety nine, no matter what it is. This is a brand new game. It has six <laughs> cards in it. It's a little like Love Letter, but smaller. $50.99. <laughs> Plus shipping. And then yeah. every Kickstarter will have those annoying little FFG size four sleeve protectors. <laughs> like things at the bottom of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got one thing I want to talk about. It's a more positive thing. Um, the name of this uh, Kickstarter I want to talk about is called Railroad Rivals, and it's a oh, yeah, brand new, that. brand new company, uh, Forbidden Games, and it's actually the guy who did Soda Pop games, which are uh, no, not Soda Pop games. That's the miniatures. It's uh, Pop Cap Games, I think, is the name of it. They made oh, yeah. Plants vs Zombies and some other cool games digitally. And then I think it's um, some some guys from the world of cardboard working together with him. So if they can get kind of his business acumen and ability to make fun games and bring that to cardboard, that's amazing. And actually, that first Kickstarter they're doing looks actually kind of awesome. Um, I'm really close to maybe backing it. So, And another one, this is one where I think the actual Kickstarter edition might be worth doing, uh, the exclusive Kickstarter version, because you get wooden tiles instead of cardboard tiles for like 20 bucks more. Nice. At that point, that's going to be like an heirloom game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your your great grandchildren will play that game. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did see that one. That one does look pretty interesting. I, I, but then I saw it as like, really, another train game? But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's it's interesting. It really is like Carcassonne meets a very light economic game meets Ticket to Ride almost. Um, but it's kind of a cool game looking game. It's something different. It doesn't yeah. have a 
box full of miniatures and I don't know, a bunch of stuff. So that's true. anyway, another yeah. kind of cool conversation that happened as a result of this podcast uh, is we were talking about Steamforged games and then I kind of got into a side conversation about Guild Ball and that game looks really awesome to me. And someone pointed out, hey, you can get into this game and start playing it for a mere $150, which is kind of cheap for a miniatures game, I guess. But anyway, I, I really would love to play that game. And Steamforged, I gave you a chance to come on the game and defend yourselves. Like the least you can do is say, you know what, buddy, you are a really cool guy. Let's send you a complete set of everything that's Guild Ball related. <laughs> uh, you know what? No, I'm going to go on the record. If they send me everything that's Guild Ball related, I will start another podcast. And Jason, you don't have to be on it. It's fine. It'll be called the Guild Ballers or something. And I'll just uh. talk about Guild Ball every week for like an hour. So, <laughs> yeah, I did. I actually did uh, try to get them on the podcast. I had to fill out this form with a whole bunch of questions. I don't think I think it fell on deaf ears because I haven't heard anything back, but I did try. Well, your deaf ears can hear this. Send me one <laughs> copy of every guild, everything possible, and I will do a one-hour weekly podcast called Guild Ballers, and I'll I'll do whatever to sing the praises of that game if it's good. And if it's terrible, I'll tell you. Like I'll talk an hour a week about how to fix it. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's uh, and I will do. How many episodes will I be willing to do? I'll do twenty episodes weekly for one hour long. If you if you guys do that, <laughs> Guild Ballers, I'm saying it right now, take me twenty up on hours, it. <laughs> twenty yeah, hours, I'd, really. I'd do it, man. That game looks kind of <laughs> awesome. I seriously just wish it wasn't sixty bucks to get like a starter kit. So again, it's got the dreaded minis. That's why. Yeah, I wish they had a cardboard standees version for 19.99. I'd be yeah, way man. into that. I know you don't because you don't, you could put like anything down there. All you need is the dice and something. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the cool play mats and everything like that has to be included if I'm going to do the podcast for you. Just, right. Yeah. Just yeah. saying. So you may want to just message me first on Facebook. We can hash out some details. My people will talk to your people, but we'll get it all worked <laughs> out. So, yeah, all of our people. Yep. I am holding my breath, <laughs> as you should be. Yes. So look for Guild Ballers in the upcoming weeks. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't listen to that if you do start that, but just know that I'll be with you in spirit. I might start it anyway and just <laughs> record an hour of me saying, here are the reasons why I wish I had a copy of this game. It looks kind of cool. Here's what looks cool about it. Here's how I assume it works. I don't have any of the miniatures. I don't have the game. because They haven't sent me one yet, but I, I don't know. I'll do 20 episodes from the time they send me some. So I, I might start it before they send me some. We'll see. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We should move this to the top because this is zany banter. <laughs> oh, Jason, you posted some really awesome pictures of what you got to play this weekend. And one of the pictures you posted... For the second game you're going to talk about, it looked like an iOS app or something. I was like, whoa, that's got really cool graphics. And I was like, wait, is that a board game or is that – wow. So you put that card on there very straight and it looked like it was graphical. So anyway, what, did, was, yeah. what was the first thing you played this weekend? All right. So the first game I played is a Z-Man game that I got for like five bucks and it's called The Gold City. Yeah? Yeah. It's essentially a good version of Kingdom Builder. With some auctioning, huh? So you have to you're playing you you're bidding on cards that are a certain terrain type. There's like five different terrain types and a coast, so six different terrain types. And you're using these cards to build from the coast in to the center of the golden city. And if you can get to the golden city, you're going to get a a bunch of points. So you're trying to do that quicker than everybody else because there's also points available if you can do it. Be the first person into the city. So you're trying to use these cards, you're trying to bid on cards, you're paying money to to boot people's bid off so you can take their bid, and if they want to take it back, they got to outbid you with some coins. It's a simple game, uh, it took about 45 minutes, but yeah, it was fun. And it reminded me of Kingdom Builder, but I liked this a thousand times better. He's just kidding, guys. Kingdom Builder's awesome, and you should look for it and trade on BoardGameGeek. <laughs> I still haven't gotten rid of my copy yet, Jason. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Yes, this is way less superior than Kingdom Builder. Kingdom Builder is an amazing game, and you should all go find it on BGG. 
<laughs> um, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like the board looked super. I don't know what the board looked like to me, honestly, but it looked way different than Kingdom Builder, kinda. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's different, but it just has a similar feel of the the route building and the network connection. But yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, so this is one that at five bucks, you're not going to strip the cardboard components out of it to upgrade other games. You're going to actually hang on to it and keep playing it. Yeah. I'd probably play it again. Actually. I enjoyed it. I don't know how often I would play it, but you know, probably a couple more times. Cool. Well, I got a chance to play Raptor, uh, for the second time I played it. I played it once, maybe a year and a half or two years ago. And I played as the Raptors and it was kind of fun, but I don't know. It felt weird to just be hunted the whole time, and I didn't like it that much. Well, this time I played as the scientists, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I got smoked, but it was a lot of fun. Actually, I didn't get smoked. It ended up being two to three, um, and he beat me just barely. But this game, I don't know if you know a ton about it. It's exclusively a two-player game, asymmetrical kind of dudes on a grid kind of thing. And they all just have very different powers. So the scientists can shoot these darts at pretty good range. Um, their task is, I would say probably a little easier than the Raptors task. Um, and it kind of just depends on how many scientists you can get on the board for how well you're going to do. Um, but the gameplay on it is really neat. You basically both have a deck of cards that have numbers one through nine on them. And whoever has the lower numbered card gets to do the action that is described on their card. So one example would be if you're playing the scientist, you get to tranquilize two baby raptors or three baby raptors or move in a Jeep, which lets you move really fast. Uh, and then the bigger number, you get the difference of the two numbers. So if I played a two and you played an eight, Jason, then um, basically what would happen is you would be allowed to do six actions and there's just basic actions that you can do. So at, at any rate, it's kind of neat. Um, so you're trying to play when you play a low card. You really want to play um, just barely lower than what they're going to play. And if you play a hard high card, you're really hoping that they played something pretty low. So that way you get a lot of actions in there. And then the way how the asymmetrical sides kind of works is the scientist can't move nearly as well as the raptor. But the raptor has way more to do. So these there's these really vulnerable baby raptors that you're trying to capture. But the mama raptor can fly around the board. Just like go about anywhere in a straight line like a rook almost. And, and scientists can only move like one space. And then as you're tranquilizing the, the raptor, it gets harder and harder for her to move. So, I mean, it kind of balances the game out a little bit, but it's just, it's a neat little two player game. I think if I had to pick a two player game that is kind of like movement and card play like this, uh, I think it would be a good pick. Um, not a bad game at all. And I would keep an eye out for like a pretty good sale on it if I could find it. For, I don't know, under 20 bucks or something for what it is, I would definitely pick it up. But otherwise, there's things I'd probably rather play. It's just not not a bad game at all, though. So this is uh, Bruno Catala and Bruno Faduti, right? The Brunos, yep. And is this actually an abstract game that's packaged like a non-abstract game? Uh, I think, you know, really, it's this is probably a whole topic for a show. Because, I mean, like, you aren't literally a raptor, so there's some level of well, abstraction. Right, yes, right, right, right. I get <laughs> but that. But, I mean, I think the theme could be – the theme works fine, but the theme could have been any number of things probably. And I think really I, – I heard the game was developed with a different theme than dinosaurs and dudes. Um, and I kind of wonder if they wish they would have not done that theme now with Dinosaur Island being as popular as it is. And right. I don't know, even though they were first to market by a long shot. Um, it's, it's just a lot. It is, it's movement. It's not as abstract as chess where it's like these right, knights yeah. hop over the walls and kill and kill people. I don't know, but it's, it's definitely, if it was just movement and your basic actions, it would be really abstract, but your cards do kind of create some theme, uh, thematic feel a little bit. Um, I would say if chess is like a 10 out of 10 for abstract and Santorini is like a 10 out of 10, I'd put this one at like maybe a six out of 10 and it's not near as thematic as, as uh, it's as abstract as dinosaur Island. I would say that makes sense because dinosaur Island yeah. it fits, but it's like that theme, that mechanic series of mechanics could be anything that where it's like, like you're right, building yeah, something. Yeah. So I think I just assumed it was like Santorini. So, I, or, or like photosynthesis, because the pieces kind of look like that. 
So yeah. I just stay, stayed away from it because it didn't seem like it was something that I would play. But. It's it's more thematic than photosynthesis. I've got that one and I like it, but it's completely just big pieces versus little pieces. Like you could have played that game with different sizes of cubes and it could have gotcha. been, I mean, like, you know, but the theme works on it that you're blocking the sunlight. But um, I don't know. This one's more thematic than photosynthesis for sure. That's cool. Yeah, I saw it at half price books one time, and it was like fifteen bucks. Ooh. I probably should. I probably should have gotten it, but I didn't. That would have been a good deal, probably. <laughs> yeah, looking back on it, but oh well. Uh, all right. There's always next time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the next game I played is a game we found at PAX Unplugged. I don't know if many people have actually heard of it, but it's called Bargain Quest, and Essentially, what you are doing is you're running a shop in the middle of a D&D adventure. And you're trying to attract the adventurers into your shop to buy armor and weapons and cool gadgets. And then you're taking their money. And then they're going to go off and fight the the beastie with the stuff that they bought from you. It's a cool theme. And it's actually essentially just a drafting game. You start with four cards. You pass them around. And then you're just trying to have the most money and points at the end of the game. It's really fun. Uh, the theme is actually kind of, you get into the theme too, cause you actually pretend like you're the cleric or the rogue or whatever is coming into your, your shop. And yeah, it was fun. It was an interesting game that no one's ever heard of that I'm glad I own. The Arnie is really cool looking and it does look like an iOS app. Like it's really vibrant colors and I don't know. It seems kind of neat. So yeah. Yeah. It really is. This is one of the games we were up till, uh, too late playing when we probably should have been sleeping, but <laughs> it was definitely fun. Yeah, I'll have to bring it in. I think you would like it, actually, because it's drafting, but there's actually some decisions, which I kind of like. So yeah. it's not just passing cards around and getting what you get. You actually have to make some decisions with the cards that you have. So what would you say about this one? You definitely play it a lot more. Like You would play it whenever anyone even thought about it, or you'd suggest it. Or you'd have to be kind of convinced to play it again. Like, where would you put this one at? No, I might suggest it. I played it once before at two players, and it's garbage at two. Like, I didn't like yeah. it at all. But we we played it at five last time, last time, and it was awesome. That was the max player count, and it was amazing at five. So, yeah, I would definitely play it again at four, probably, or more. So, that sounds really interesting, and I definitely will play it. It seems like a shorter game, too. It doesn't seem like it's too long. Well, yeah, I mean, it all depends. Sometimes people can take a little bit passing some cards if they get stuck on some decision points. But, yeah, it's probably about an hour, hour and ten minutes maybe. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. I look forward to playing it here in the future at some point. Yep. My next game was one on your bucket list. It's Vinos. Uh, love that game. It's really good. Uh, you've, you're really familiar with The Gallerist. And so some things that are familiar to you that the gallerist has going for sure um, are you basically have nine spots you can go and you move a main meeple to a spot. And then if you want to do extra movement, you have to pay a little bit. I don't remember if that's – that's not the way how it is in the gallerist. I think you can just go wherever you want in the gallerist. Um, except for where you – except for where you were already. Yeah. Anywhere yeah. else you can go. On this one, if you want to go more than one space, you have to pay an additional – dollar. I forget what the Portuguese dollars are, but whatever the name of the Portuguese dollars are. Um, and then if someone's there, instead of kicking them out, which is kind of a cool mechanic that he uses in Gallerist, on this one, instead, he you have to pay them a dollar, like a tax, basically, to go where they're at. Um, and, and then you basically are building little vineyards on your player board to try and produce high-quality wine, sell it, export it, and then also use um, like some OEAs to make your wine better, Take your wine to experts to, to um, you know, get hype around your wine. So when you take it to a wine festival, you'll score real high points. It's it feels like a Vito Lacerda game. I would put this one, like I would say, in my scale of like one to four or whatever the heaviness scale is on Board Game Geek. That's one to five, isn't it? Yeah, um, one to five. I would say, like for me, Gallerist to me is about a four and a quarter uh, maybe like a 
four even. And this one's just like a shade underneath it, like a tenth of a point or a, or two tenths of a point lower than it. It's just different thinking. On galleries, you have to think about how you're going to try and influence your artist to make them better and think about right. like more future planning. On this one, it's just tight on money. You're just like, I, if I don't have money, I can't do anything. So you have to like always be planning for your money and how you're going to export things to get more money and keep the cash flow going. And, and we did play the more simple version, the 2016 version, which is a little lighter yet. The 2010 version, which is the version you would like a lot more, has a much more right. involved and complicated system for the wine fair. And then a really punishing banking system. So you can take an action to deposit money into the bank. And that gives you more points if you deposit money into the bank. And then it's there for you if you need it later. But then you have to use an action to go get your money out of the bank. Right, yeah. And and then you can borrow money too, but it costs you points and things too. So um, I don't know. The 2016 version I liked a lot. The 2010 version I played before, and I like it too. But if I had to pick one, I would probably pick 16. Just because I don't know that those little things that you add in the 2010 version are worth the extra barrier for entry for a player that's not super familiar with a lot of board game mechanics. And I'm not sure that I would say, even for me, it's it's worth having to do all the extra thinking that's involved with those extra steps and punishment, basically. I know you would way love the 2010 version better, but that's just because you're that kind of a gamer. And you're proud yeah. to be that kind of a gamer. Yeah, I, I honestly actually... I know you have the Eagle Griffin one with the really beautiful artwork, but I really like the What's Your Game older version with, you know, just the one that came out originally. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about that artwork that they do that I just really love. And I'm really, I'm trying to get a copy of that on trade so I don't have to work, even mess with that streamlined new version of it. Because well, I've think, never played it. I think he fixed the 2010 version some too. So there's some rule changes in the Eagle Griffin version. You may want to look uh, okay. at that and see if you can do a conversion on it. But I mean, I, we talked a little about Brewcrafters last week, I think. I don't know if that made right. it on the show or not, but I ended up getting a copy for 20 bucks, which I felt nice. really good about. But it's a first edition and they fixed like four things on it. So either I've got to pace the game up or I've got to just play the old edition. And the old edition, they're like, it's a little too hard and punishing for new players. So you might like the first edition better than that game, Jason, but <laughs> most people complained it was too hard at the beginning. So, um, so at any rate, like you always have that thing when there's a slight tweak on the rules. It's like, do you try and fix the game or do you just go with it and play it the way they originally released it? And no, it's not right. necessarily broken, but there might be a different variant out there, you know? So anyway, I played Venus. I was happy to play it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll gladly play it. We'll have to play it sometime. Um, all right. So another game I played is by the designer who did Dogs of War, which we talked about a lot at the beginning of the podcast when we first started, and Vasco da Gama, and it is Libertalia. This is a, I, I don't know if you played this. I, I'm oh, assuming yeah. you played this before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is essentially everybody's getting the same nine cards to start. And you're all going to play a card, and you're going to reveal simultaneously. And you're going to do actions in the order of rank, and then you're going to collect booty tiles in decreasing order of rank. So you could play the same number. So if two people play the same number, each different deck has a secondary number, which is going to put it in a hierarchy. So like if I played a 20 and you played a 20, I could have a little number in the bottom of mine that's a 3, and you could have a 2. So I would be a higher rank than you because I have the three in the bottom. Right. And you're just trying to play cards to collect booty, to get a bunch of points, to get a bunch of gold. Um, some of your cards can kill other people's cards. Some of your cards are going to give you points after the, in the nighttime if they're if they're still alive and in your boat. If you can keep some of your cards alive all week, you're going to get an extra pile of cash sometimes. I know it's a fun game, and it's just all cards. Essentially, the board is irrelevant. You're just playing a card and seeing who out if you can outthink your opponents better than they can outthink you. Yeah. Two things on this game. First one is if they would put this in a small box, like even a resistance size box and sell it cheaper, I think it would be hugely successful. Because oh, yeah. like you said, that big box, the board and everything you, when you get that game out, you expect it to be not a filler game and it's really a right. filler. I mean, it's a little, <laughs> it really is. It's a, like a little heavier on the filler side, but it's a filler game. The other thing yeah. too is yeah. I kind of don't like this game in a way just because when I first played it, 
I had just gotten a copy of Citadels like a week before it. And I was really hyped to have Citadels because it was out of print for a right. while. And I finally got my copy. And this game totally kills Citadels. I mean, I think it's way better than <laughs> Citadels. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. The theme's really cool. The pirate theme really works. And it kind of feels like, oh, yeah, we're scuzzy pirates that are trying to steal the loot from each other. So it's I, it, pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a ton of replayability, too, because you're only playing like 20, no, 9, 6. Like 20 cards every time, and there's 30 in the deck. So, you know, I've played this game probably six or seven times, and I finally saw a card for the first time last time we played it. That That's crazy to me. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, is one of the guys I primarily play games with over here in the northern studio region, he's like, I don't know, he's just got that personality where he does literally memorize every card in a, in a deck. So he knows, like... It kind of helps that you don't play every card, but he knows exactly like what could be out there still. Like it's like playing blackjack with someone who does count cards. So he kind of ruins the fun a little bit because he knows like I got to save for this one because this one's still out there and I'm hoping it comes. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's cool though. I like this game a lot. I would play it. I'd give this one an eight. Like if somebody wanted me to play it, I would definitely play it. I'm probably not going to own it. Eights are like I might own them, might not. But if I knew that I could never play another person's copy, I'd pick it up. But a lot of people I know own this game. But it's an excellent game for sure. And I'd play it anytime anybody suggested it for sure. Cool. Awesome. Uh, have you played it quite a bit before? You played it this last weekend? Uh, yeah. Um, we took it to church camp a couple of years ago maybe and played it maybe three or four times. It's one of Katie's favorite games, so she likes to play it. So if I can get her to play a game and I have to play Libertalia, that works for me too because at least I get to play a game. You didn't have parents complain that you guys had a pirate game at church camp? No, because we've also taken Bang and <laughs> we're drinking beer. So, you know, no, whatever. It's just a game. It's just cardboard. Yeah. Bang Bang is one too that becomes very PG-13 <laughs> yeah. as you play with sophomore people. All right, I'm banging Jason, and I'm banging Mom. (laughs) Every time, it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bang's pretty cool, too. Uh, Well, anyway, my last game, this is one that I'm just going to do you guys all a favor here and just tell you that this game looks like a Haba game for children, but it's an amazing game. It's called Happy Pigs. This game is so good. It doesn't sound like it's going to be good, but it just is. So every – how it works is you have this field and you put pigs in there and the pigs are all different sizes. So they take up different sizes of your parts of your field based on like uh, how how big they are. They take up you know more as they get bigger. So you have to get more fields, grow your fields. Um, but you keep trying to grow these pigs and sell them. So you're buying pigs. You're having your pigs breed and mate and then – selling pigs off to try and make more money. And it's all about just having the most money at the end of the game. And on, on the way how the mechanics work is you're, you have these four little cardboard tiles and each one of them has a different action on it. And so it's a little like Libertalia that like you're doing a secret role selection kind of thing. And then you're all like simultaneously or not, you're, you're simultaneously revealing, not simultaneously selecting because I had a friend of mine say, we don't have to pick at the same time. We just reveal at the same time. Yeah. Okay. You're technically right. But the, the mechanics called <laughs> simultaneous selection. But anyway, right, right, right. uh, you pick one of these tiles, these four tiles that says either you're going to mate your pigs, you're going to sell pigs at market, you're going to feed your pigs and make them grow, or you're going to buy supplies and pigs. So one of those four things happens. Well, then you flip a card before all that, and the card has all four of those actions listed on it, and then it has a number next to it. So it says like eight selling pigs, ten buying things, seven – mating pigs or breeding pigs, six feeding pigs. And so like when we flip our tiles over, those those numbers are the number of total actions that have to be shared amongst all the players. So if I picked feed the pigs and someone else picked feed the pigs and it was a six, then I get to feed three pigs and they get to feed three pigs. So you're trying not to pick the same action as other people. So you're kind of trying to predict like, okay, this guy's got a bunch of little piglets. He's probably not going to sell the pigs and piglets can't breed. So he's not going to breed them. So I might want to pick breeding this turn and then I could get a bunch of new, a bunch of new pigs. Then there's also like events that happen each season too. So, um, like there's like the bacon festival. So like all your pigs are worth a bunch more money. Um, and then on top of all this, there's little items you can buy. So one of them's called the amulet of love. So when you breed your <laughs> pigs, little, little piglets don't come out, but like small size pigs come out and you can buy extra feed. So normally when you feed your pigs, they grow one size. Well, if you have extra like feed, 
you can grow a pig two sizes in one feeding. And then there's like vaccinations. So like it, you go through all four seasons. You go through spring, summer, winter, fall or fall, winter. Those are the seasons. I guess I think people are probably familiar with those. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes. But you go through those and whenever there's a season change, your pigs all die off unless they're vaccinated. So you vaccinate your pigs, uh, with vaccines that you have to buy too. So it's a really not a heavy game, but there's a lot, there's a lot of just fun to it and a lot of just thinking about, okay, I want to get this done. So I need to plan out three turns in a row. And I, what order can I do that in? And how am I going to not try and pick the same things as everyone else? Um, and then also, okay, I need a field because these pigs are getting too big, but I don't want to buy yet, but I don't want to sell yet. So there's just a lot of balancing things. And when you hear it described, this game doesn't sound that great. And I totally bought it just based on like two or three gamers that I absolutely trust their opinion. I believe them a hundred percent. They both said this game's amazing. It's just a really great game. And I, I just, I believe them. So I bought it, played it, and it's every bit the economic game that I wanted. And if somebody said, I really like Monopoly, I would say, let's play Happy Pigs instead and see if you like it. And I think they would like it way better just because I, it's just a better game. So anyway, uh, Happy Pigs. I played that over the weekend. Really loved it. I, I thought that was a roll and write game. Weren't you playing some other roll and write game? Uh-uh. It looks like a roll and write game, but it's it's like tiles on a grid of different size pigs it's cute yeah, it's cute at- like a little roll and write game Har- harvest yeah. is a roll and write game that looks kind of similar to it uh maybe that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah yeah. because i was at pax and there was a they, gray fox had that game and they had this little wooden pig the little wooden pig they were selling cost as much as the game so maybe i just assumed it it was the same game <laughs> that's pretty messed up You'd have to buy yeah. a wooden pig when there's no pigs in Harvest Dice even, really. So <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. Well, Jason, what else? Um, I don't know. I played some other games that I've talked about before. Um, let's see. What did I play, though? Um, Ex Libris. Played that again. Ooh. It was great. Yeah. Um, I made some people play Role Player. Yeah. Again, that was fun. Um, what else did I play? I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, role player and ex Libris. Those were good. The only other one that I played over this last weekend that I want to talk about, but I'll have other type opportunities is Coliseum. That game's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give that one a try with some cool auctioning. I'm getting into the auctioning. It's it's pretty cool. The auctioning mechanic is pretty cool in it. But then it's a negotiation game as well, where you're just trying to make trades and find ways to get the things you need. But then also it has this whole thing of like, you have to expand your Coliseum and you want to build upgrades. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good game. Definitely. And it was crazy. I thought there was going to be a runaway leader problem because if you went around, you get like a little benefit. Right. But I thought that would meant like, well, Hey, whoever's in first place is going to keep getting better and better, but it really ended up being a fairly tight game. But hmm. yeah, anyway, I'll talk more about that some other time. I'm sure. So Yeah. We both got a chance to play a lot of games over the holiday, uh, so that was really a lot of fun. And I'm hoping we get to play a bunch this weekend too. We'll see. So yeah, that would be awesome. Keep tuned to Facebook. We might be having BGMCon three. We'll see. So I hope four. Yeah, this we'll be see. four, wouldn't it? No, it's three. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I don't know. Maybe it is four. I don't know. <laughs> we'll call. We'll call it three. <laughs> All right, so for the feature, we are going to pick up where we left off last week, and we're going to talk about BGG games 10 to 1 that we have not played. So again, we're going to continue with the hashtag convince the mechanics, and you're going to have to tell us if we need to play a game that we haven't played and why, because if you don't tell us why, then I'm not going to play it. I still feel pretty good about us not playing the games we haven't played, because no (laughs) one's tried to convince us to play them That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with number 10. So number 10 is Seven Wonders Duel. Um, and I've played this. I own it. I love it. My wife, own, well, loves it. We both own it. Ditto. She loves it as well. Ditto. On to nine. All right. Number nine. Um, 
This is Great Western Trail by Alexander Fister, Feaster, however you want to say his name. And I have not played this yet, but I do really like some of Fister's other games. So I'm excited to play it. Played it over the weekend. I will definitely get you a chance to play this as soon as possible because it is phenomenal. It's a really good game. Really love it. Yeah, I need to compare it to Mombasa and see what which one I like better. Yeah. Um. All right. So number eight, I think, is the one you were talking about earlier that you had some bad uh, karma with. Yes. And that is Terra Mystica. And I own Terra Mystica. I played it once, and I really like it. And I'd like to play it more, but I can't get other people to play it. So my thing was this. I traded Terra Mystica for two games that I really wanted. And I think the guy grifted me. Like, I think it was a con, honestly. He said, hey, I'll send you letters from Whitechapel. No, no, no. What was it? It was two games that I really wanted, and they were kind of hot at the time for Terra Mystica. And Terra Mystica was not a print. It wasn't – I think there was actually – it might have been a $60 game even at that time, maybe $70 um, back in its first printing. And so this guy was like, hey, send me a copy of Terra Mystica, and I'll send you these two games. Well, I sent them to him. He got the games and I'm like, Hey, dude, are you mailing these games or what? He's like, Yeah, I went to, the, I meant to talk to you. I went to the post office. It was going to cost me like $19 to ship these two games. I didn't know it was going to cost that much. I'm like, Are you kidding me? To ship two games, it's definitely going to cost that much. And <laughs> so anyway, yeah. he was like, Well, can I just pay you like what's going with fair prices and the BGG market? And then like I'll throw on some shipping and stuff too. And I was like, whatever what do you think bgg fair price is and he goes well there's one for 35 and it was like a acceptable copy and i was like right. well mine's better than that he's like all right how about 40 plus your 12 dollars shipping and so i ended up getting 52 bucks or something out of it which is you know like not the end of the world but i spent 12 right. bucks shipping it so i got 40 bucks out of the game well then like almost immediately after that it went out of print and it was up to like 100 bucks plus and i was <laughs> just irritated by that so i couldn't even replace the game and it was just annoying i I don't know. It just made me really annoyed. And I like the game just fine. But I think we talked about this a, lo- a long time on the last episode. Right. That yeah, the yeah. theme is just not accessible to a couple of guys I game with, which is stupid. It's cardboard and whatever. But the A, I can't, I can't, you know, belittle their beliefs. And I mean, I believe I a lot know. of what they believe, but I understand that like, the God I love and serve is way bigger than cardboard. So <laughs> right, yeah, me yeah. moving a cube on a cardboard, whatever. I mean, like, <laughs> Whatever. You know what I think would be hilarious if the 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 game I have is your game. Oh, that would be hilarious. Like I, I got it from that guy. <laughs> oh, it, it was he. He's from Chicago. So if the guy from Chicago sent it to you, then I put bad juju on that copy. Like just by <laughs> by hating that like whole thing that happened there. So you have a cursed game, probably. I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, we'll just assume it didn't I, come again, from Chicago. Again, talking about like how cardboard's <laughs> just cardboard. I don't think that really would be a thing either, so. Right. Uh, all right, moving on. Number seven is from our boy Jamie S., and it is Scythe. Um, I've played it once, and not my favorite Stonemeyer game, but it was okay. Yeah, it might be my favorite game. I don't think it's going to end up being my favorite on my top 100 list, but it was in my top 100. 2017, my favorite game. Um, I really like it. The expansions help it. Um, you, I think you need to play with the expansion yet, too, at some point, because the expansions mm-hmm. do make it a little heavier, but really solid game do overall. You, do you have all the expansions, or do you just have the the flying ship one? I have the flying ship one. I don't have the extra two factions yet, and then there's the third one coming out this summer, which I think yeah, the legacy. is going to make it phenomenal. I think it's basically Tuscany. I mean, like, it's equivalent of Tuscany for that game, so... Huh. Cool. I mean, like, the way how Tuscany first came out is it had, like, it was almost a legacy game, too. Not really a legacy, but, like, you unpacked it by playing right. games and adding modules to it. That's what right. I think, basically, this legacy expansion is going to be for Scythe. But anyway, we'll talk more about Scythe when we talk about games we do like from the top 20. But Jason's played it. I've played it. Love it. Yeah. Um, number six is Star Wars Rebellion. Um, I haven't played it. I know some people that do have it. It just, I don't know. It doesn't seem that interesting to me. And it's only two player only, which I played most of those games with Katie and I don't think she's necessarily into this. I really want to play this one. I think it looks awesome. It looks like the Star Wars game that I want to play. But, um, the, the thing about it is it's pretty, it's pretty expensive. 
So kind of cost inhibitive for me to want to actually try and get it um, is the only thing I'm, I'm going to say about it. So right. that's that's uh, the only thing that's going to keep me out of that is that it's pretty regularly at least 75 bucks. Most places, 70, 75 bucks. So um, if I could find a used copy or something at some point, I would definitely pick it up and play it. But nobody I know owns it either. So I think you can play this one four players, but I hear it's terrible at four players too. Yeah, Jim and Kim have it. I just, I'd rather play other games. I think that that's the, that's my issue that I'm having with it. Yeah, I'm not um, as big a Star Wars fan as I used to be either. I mean, like, I don't know. That's something else where I can. I mean, once we have enough fans, that if I like make them all mad, I won't be. We'll still have some fans. Maybe I'll talk about how I feel like Star Wars is like a little <laughs> overhyped anymore. But I, that's not real. That's that was I just made that up because Star Wars is awesome. Right. I love Star Wars so much. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're done pandering. Uh, we'll move on to number five, which is Terraforming Mars. I haven't played this, and not just because it's space, but I didn't think it was that interesting. And then I've been watching more things on it, and it does seem like it's something that I might like. So I might have to give this one a try. Do you remember back when home computers were like running Windows ninety five? There was micro- there was like Microsoft Office with word in it. And then there was also Microsoft works, which was like their free, yeah. like home version of something. Right. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is this game looks <laughs> like it was created in Microsoft works. Like really, <laughs> I don't know. It just, the graphic design on it's pretty bad. And I mean like that can't be offensive to them because one, they know it's not very good. And two, like I'm not the first person to say that most people say, Hey, it's pretty bad design everybody says that yes well i like this game a lot regardless in spite of all that i've definitely played it but i don't own it and i haven't played it in over a year because i sold my copy when it was out of print for a profit and have never been so strongly interested in getting it again that i have bought another copy uh plus i mean we'll talk about this more when we get to the games we have played but i'm positive i am 100 percent positive as popular as this game is they're gonna have like one or two more expansions come out for it and then they're going to do a total like reprint of it with like better player boards and it'll be a hundred dollars and it'll have all the expansions in it and it'll be actually good graphic design. It'll be just an awesome package and I'll probably end up getting that, but I'm going to hold out for it. Like because rough right now. Right. Did you see what they posted for April Fools about the, the new terraforming Mars expansion? No. It, they, it was called Fields of Mars. <laughs> And it was this guy, this like astronaut riding on a tractor chasing these goose or these geese on like the, on Mars. It was hilarious. They said it was like a mixture of fields of Arl and uh, terraforming Mars. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, did you see what BZA Games put down for theirs? Yeah. Pizza, uh, New York Slice Legacy. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. I'm too. all about that. That's hilarious. I would. So play that. I think they'll actually release it. I'll bet they actually release it. That'd be like a, a Gen Con. I bet they it had enough uproar. They'll probably have a little gag version of it where it's like, hey, you just eat a pizza and here's how you do it. Like, I'll, I'll bet they do. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. All right. Uh, number four is Twilight Struggle. Uh, I've never played this. I don't know anybody that has it. So that's most of the reason why. And I think this is just a two-player only game as well. Yeah. I've never played it. A good friend of mine owns it, but we've never gotten it to the table because he's never figured it out himself. And the reason why he's never played it, his own copy of his own game, is because it's got a nice enough box. It's got a nice enough board. But then the little pieces look like you had to cut a cereal box up and, like, use magic markers to create little, like, old war game squares to... I don't know, have stuff on the game. So I don't know. It, it's just the component wise and stuff isn't that awesome. I will probably play this one though when I get the app. I think I'll wait for the app to go on sale and play it, the app version of it and see how I feel about it. I, I have a goal to play everything in the top hundred, um, and have an opinion about it, but this one is one that pains me. I haven't played it yet. Right. Yeah. The designer is Jason Matthews and I played another one of his games, Founding Fathers, and it was really good. So. I want to try this one because I like some of his designs. Hmm. Uh, all right. Number three is Through the Ages, a story of civilization or something. Um, a new story of civilization. I, uh, yeah, a new story. Yeah. Don't forget the word new. It's not just a story. It's a new story. Um, I haven't played this. I 
thought that it takes a long time. I put down seven hours. I don't know if that's true. It probably would feel like seven hours to me. So I don't know. Oh man, I don't know why you won't, why you aren't into this. This is like such a good game, and it's like really about an hour per player once you know what you're doing. So probably an hour and a quarter per player the first time you play it, but then right. but then an hour a player after that, maybe even a little quicker with people who really know what they're doing. But this game is so good, Jason. Like you want to talk about heavy games? This game is like heavy, awesome, thick. I don't know. And it's not really direct conflict too much, honestly. So I don't know. It's just a really good game. Um, I think that's what was turning me off because I know most of the civilization games, you have to go attack other civilizations. And I, I don't even want to do that at all. You, so. you definitely do. And it feels bad in a game that is, I mean, let's say on the short side, I'm going to say it's three hours with three players. And on the long side, it is six, seven hours with three players, which it could be depending on how AP prone your group is, I guess. Um, right. You, you and I could play it in an hour and a half. I mean, like we just were pretty quick, but, um, I don't know. It's more about developing culture and things like that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's really good, but that said, I can't endorse it. Go get the app. Do you, do you have this game? I do. I got it for have you pl- $21 and 40 cents. Nice. At a, I might, on a I don't. Up. I, I wouldn't want to play it with you. We don't get to play often enough to like actually play a lot of games together. So I wouldn't right. really spend a couple hours of our time doing this one when I know you're not going to like it much, honestly. It's, it's, gotcha. it's a really good game though. Um, I haven't actually played my copy of it yet because that's the other thing too is you don't want to teach people this game. You want people to already know it, which I don't right, know how yeah. you're going to find people who already know it if you don't teach people. But I played the through the ages original game. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't played this one, I guess, technically, um, even though I own it, but I think it's just basically a streamlined version of the old game. So anyway, and slightly better graphic design. Cool. All right. Number two is pandemic legacy season one. Uh, I owned it for a while, never played it. I used the board to play regular pandemic and then I traded it for something else. My favorite Freudian typing slip just happened on this one, by the way. I don't know if you caught that or not. Never played Legacy. Just used the B-O-R-E-D board to play oh. regular <laughs> pandemic. I didn't notice it, no. <laughs> that's hilarious. But you know what? Like, that's kind of how I feel about this one, too. Um, I, I, this is like cussing or something. I don't know, probably. I've only played like the first four, three or four. But the reason why I haven't gotten to play this is... I have played it three times. I haven't played it all the way through. And I know that you have to play it all the way through to really get the full experience and love it like most people do. But the problem is I have two legacy games going with my my wife and my son. And my wife plays – like I have – you know those like 10 by 10 challenges? Like I set up one of those in the app that was get Kristen to play – I think it was 40 board games this year is what I had down, which is like less than one a week. Well, I'm not going to get her to play this game 10 times in a short amount of time. She just isn't that into games. Um, and I'm starting to accept that and she's starting to accept that I love games. So I like play with other people. And if I had a do over, I might play this with a different group and try and get it done. But the fact that I started with her, I'd like to finish with her. And then we're also playing Charterstone. And so I'd rather play Charterstone because I just really enjoy it more. So I have played it, but it's been, I played it in November. Um, I don't know. Anyway. the Yeah, I, I agree. I don't like Pandemic enough to want to do the yeah. legacy version. It's just it's just okay to me. And now that I've played Black Orchestra, it'd be really hard to get me to play Pandemic. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, from what you've talked about Black Orchestra, I'm sure. Uh, all right. So number one is, no surprise, it's everyone's new hotness, Gloomhaven, which I haven't played. You have it. My buddy Matt has it as well. So I have a couple of opportunities that I probably could play it, but I don't know if I want to. Gloom, having a good time, having a party. <laughs> That's a no, joke I totally stole from <laughs> Shut Up and Sit Down or Sit Down and Shut Up or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this game, man. I just do. I I actually talked to my son today. I'm like, hey, what do you think about us um, setting this game up in our like three-season room now that it's getting a little warmer and just having it ready to go and like we can play a scenario at night and – He's not crazy about it because he doesn't like me that much right now because he's, you know, 14. And 14-year-olds <laughs> right, yeah. don't really like anything, I don't think. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so, But I really love this game. Um, wish I had more chances to play it. It's just the best dungeon crawl 
by far because it's not just I don't know. Most dungeon crawls come down to I'm gonna make really awesome decisions and put myself in the best position possible and try and like supply all these one shot awesome things I can do. But the, the bottom right. line is, if I roll crappy, I'm gonna lose. This one doesn't have any dice, so uh, that definitely helps. I don't like. I don't know. Just something about this game just does not seem interesting to me. Although I did see that he's releasing an expansion. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. I like. I didn't see that, but that's awesome. But even then, I think there's like 70 different things you can play through or better on the original thing. Plus about like 10 or 15 different classes you can open up. I have two of them and five of the scenarios done right now. And like, so I have plenty of game ahead of me, but I just really love this game. And like, I think we just totally have failed on both these episodes to be like, hey, what haven't we played and why? Because we've just talked about why we love these games too a little bit. But (laughs) right. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not going to talk yeah, anymore right. about it, but Gloomhaven, I think the other thing too, Jason is like, I don't know. You're not, you're not like other people. You're not a complete contrarian, but I think, I don't know, like you're kind of anti-hype too a little bit. So, and this definitely is the king of the hype, like for sure. Yeah. I've actually been trying to go back and play a bunch of old games that I haven't played before. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of good games out there that people have just forgotten about cause they're older than a year. So, right. I don't know. I've just been trying. I don't, haven't really been buying any new games outside of, I don't know, a Dinosaur Island. All the other games I've been buying are old, older I, games. So. I, I agree. I think there's really great games out there that the call to the new works in your favor for that, too. So, I mean, like, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I mean, like I just got Brewcrafters for 20 bucks. I got a copy of Glass Road for like 25 bucks. I mean, those are both really awesome games that have a couple years of age on them now, but they're perfectly right. awesome games. And if they, if they ran an ad for either of those games on Kickstarter, they'd be like insta funded because they'd be like, Oh my gosh, these are awesome. But just the fact that they aren't brand new and shiny and like, I don't know, it's almost a little status thing that we have in our community of, have you played Kickstarter 2018 Deluxe yet? Because I have. I have a copy of it. Aren't you glad that you're my friend? Because I'm cool. <laughs> right, yeah. There's some of that that goes on yeah. in the community for sure. Yeah, I agree. Although I am eyeing uh, Feudum. I would like to play Feudum. I have. Jason, this is going to make you want to like reach your hand through the microphone and slap me across the face. I have a trade worked out where I'm going to trade. I could trade all of my Arkham horror living card game stuff for a copy of Feudum right now. I'll do it. So do it right <laughs> now. Don't just, just stop recording and go do it. I'm, I'm thinking I want to keep <laughs> Arkham horror living card game though, man. I don't know. Oh, Feudum. <laughs> I still think I'll like it. I think, I think it will really be at origins. You'll see two people wearing board game mechanic t-shirts <laughs> their combined weight, one quarter of a ton, holding their copies of Feudum over their heads, giggling and running through the hallways, trying to find a table to play it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know those guys. I listen to their podcast from time to time. <laughs> uh, Feudum. I, I think it'll be good, too. Uh, anyway, yeah, those are the games that we have not played, I guess, in and in, in recapping. Uh, Seven Winners Duel, we have definitely played. Great Western Trail is a 50-50. Terra Mystica, we've both played. Scythe, we've both played. Star Wars Rebellion, we both haven't played for different reasons because Jason just doesn't like space and Joel doesn't like to spend tons of money on a game that's still expensive. Um, Terraforming Mars, Joel likes it, but because he's the cheapskate again, he sold it for a profit and Jason is allergic to space still. Twilight Struggle, we both would like to play, but we haven't just had a chance because there's kind of some barriers to learning there. There's also some level of... I don't know. It just kind of has uh, production value issues. I don't know. It's a war game. It's a GMT game. Um, right. Pandemic Legacy. I haven't played through it yet, so I'm not going to count it. Um, and you traded it away just because you were like, eh, envelopes. Who needs them? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gloomhaven. Uh, I really enjoy it. Jason is allergic to miniatures still. So that's that's a little recap for you. Uh, so, Jason, I think if I remember right, part three of this, whether it's in one week or two, is going to be us looking back at 20 to 11 and saying, here are the games that we have played and own, and here's why we love and own those games and why I think they deserve their spot in the top 20. Um, so look for that coming up, and we'll do the same thing with the top 10. 
Uh, there's anything, anything that you think would be interesting to hear Jason and I talk about our hot takes on things. Um, give us a shout out in the riveted or on our, on our Facebook page. Uh, either one, we'd love to hear from you guys. And again, hashtag convince the mechanics. If you think star Wars rebellion is just the bees knees and that every flapper should play that game, uh, <laughs> then you just flapper. hashtag convince the mechanics. Yeah, well, I guess we wouldn't be flappers. <laughs> We'd be gangsters or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of older games that deserve more love, bootleggers. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that one really doesn't deserve Ugh. more love. But, um, yeah, so, uh, hashtag convince the mechanics, though. Let us know why you think we should play something. Give us that information about why you love these games or why we need to get it there. And... We have like seriously five super fans and you guys are awesome. And we love that the super fans are as involved with the conversation as they are, but we know there's more out there. We get, you know, a hundred downloads a week and, uh, which isn't a ton. It's a ton for us, but there's a hundred people potentially out there listening. Um, so we really want to invite you guys to just come over to our Facebook page, uh, and join either our group, hashtag derivative. It's kind of a more quaint. Uh, group, or if you want to post in front of the big audience at the big auditorium, post right there in the main <laughs> thing. So, um, yeah. but come, come be a part of the conversation. That's our big thing is we love to engage with you guys. So, uh, do that. Right. And, um, last week we didn't do a phrase or a word. I know. And we, we heard about it on the Facebook page. So we should probably come up with something so somebody doesn't have to make up their own phrase. <laughs> Uh, felled effigies should be our secret face. <laughs> yes. I think that was last uh, week's unofficial one, actually. Yeah. Well, I think uh, whoever posted that, I think it was Mike. I think he made it um, sacrificing your cubes to <laughs> Satan was the, was the phrase. Another one you're going to have to check out last episode to understand. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, let's, what else let's did we, what else did we talk about? We talked about some stuff. Uh, we did talk about some stuff. How about we just make it feudum, since that's the, the a word that I wanted to say. Feudum. I, and people are really worried about our code word, because those high fives are important to get. So <laughs> They are. There's nothing like a BGM high five. It makes the world go around. It solves all your problems. <laughs> it makes your stocks go up. Your 401k is going to like go through the ceiling if you uh, get one of these high fives. <laughs> Yes. We're definitely lying. There's no guarantees on these high fives <laughs> at all. The only thing I can guarantee is that you'll get some kind of bacteria from me when you get a high five. And I'll probably get some kind of bacteria from you. That's just how life is. <laughs> yeah. Bacteria is yep. everywhere. So that's why I don't leave this room anymore. And I have really long hair and fingernails. Uh, I'm hoping to be over it by origins, but we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just going to take mine over there and spread it around. Make everybody sick. Your your bacteria. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, hey, this has been fun. Uh, do you have anything else, Jason, or should we try and end before we get too silly? It always ends. It, I think people <laughs> probably like seriously like fast forward. They're like just the last four minutes. It's all I really want when they start just talking about <laughs> stupid stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else. I guess um, I'm going to try to start a new series about sixty seconds. Why I like the games that are in my top 20. So we'll see how that goes. I've got two but. I'm starting. Um, the first one is Guild Ballers. We talked about that quite a bit. <laughs> the second one is I'm yeah. starting a short movie. It's actually going to be on Indiegogo. I decided to go that direction instead of Kickstarter. Um, but the name <laughs> of my movie is Desperately Steaking Stefan. And um, it's going to be <laughs> about, oh. about me trying to co-design a game with uh, Mr. Feld. So... Um, if you want to back that, you can get your name in the credits <laughs> from low, low price of a thousand dollars. I'll put your name in the credits. So that's this is fake. Yeah. Don't waste your don't waste your megabytes of data trying to find this. It's fake. <laughs> I'll make it real if people want it, want me to. Desperately sticking Stefan, but uh, St- Stefan, Stefan, is it Stefan or Stefan? <laughs> oh, Why do man. I feel like? I mean, like, we get to see our international listenership on our stats page. And Australia, good job. 10% of our listeners, Australia, what up? Um, why do I feel like our, like, 1% from Germany is just going to fall off? I don't know. Because <laughs> we we rag on their, like, uh, board game design <laughs> god every single episode. 
Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know what? Let's be honest here. If you had to <laughs> put your life in the hands of me or Stefan Feld on like if we designed a car for you to go in a car right in, <laughs> which one are you going to go in? Not me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like not my car. <laughs> my car is going to have problems. I will have lost my like train of thought enough times that I'll be like, oh, yeah, I probably should have bolted those axles in. Whereas like <laughs> Mr. Feld's car is going to not only have seven different ways you can drive it for productivity it'll last a very long time and it'll have and it's going to be it's going to be filled with victory points <laughs> yeah, absolutely you open the trunk and the victory points are just going to fall out <laughs> everywhere and and those victory points you acquired from driving any one of the different seven positions that you're allowed to drive in so and it will either have Ooh. dice that you place or multi-use cards as ignition that's how you start it yep Right. I think you're on. I think you're onto something here. So if you listen through all of this, we're going to give a second <laughs> secret phrase, which is I drive a Feldmobile. So if you got to this point in the podcast, you are like, you get a high ten. So <laughs> anyway, oh, all right. I've been Joel, and I'm Jason. See you I guys. Mean, later. I'm Jason. I'm the one who's Jason. <laughs> the other one is Joel. I, yeah, I'm sure. Jason, the wackadoo one that should get all the weird messages from Mr. Feld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, see you guys later. Take care.